Unearthing Paranormalcy is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. Eli's back. He's back. Hello. He's back again. again. It's me. Again. I was wondering where my eye went, but no one even seems to know where it is. He probably put it in a jar, but that's a fucking fit. Uh, welcome back. We missed you last week. Yeah, hospital life, bro. Yeah, you, you own a room yet? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should have like a time, time, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> time card? Yeah. Uh, time time card, time share. Time share. Oh, Dean uh, knew where share. I was going with it. Dean? Yeah, just as I go and just slide <laughs> a card. That's Chad. What? Dean's my son. Who the hell did I, I said time share? You, you said, said Dean. Dean. <laughs> So Dean got it right. <laughs> See, family, let me just talk to you here for a second. Bring you in a little bit, okay? Uh, surgeries of the uh, cranial area kind of throws your thoughts off and puts your brother's name down for your nephew's name. That's right. I call, I call Dean Chad all the time. Yeah. Dean's yeah. been calling me Baba all day, so... <laughs> I said, I'm not Baba. I have hair. <laughs> oh, shit. He said, Baba's got some hair. He's got little hair. Yeah, little hair. That's what it is. But yeah, well, that's fine. He calls our dad Uncle Finch Yeah, instead of Papa Finch. So, he's <laughs> Uncle Finch. Uh, but yeah, so welcome back. Thank you. We've got a little bit of business to cover before we move on into move on in. the next episode. <laughs> So, business that we're going to cover. First of all, we're going to play a trailer from one of our Green Mushroom Network brother and sister podcasts. This is Ad Hoc History. Epic history. Like, the Greeks are, like, on the beach. They're, like, doing burpees or something. <laughs> the Persians sail up. And they've got, like... They've got, like, little spears and pomegranates and stuff. And they're like, hey, want to be part of our cool empire? In-depth commentary. Cutting edge expert drunken analysis. <laughs> two people that you don't know anything about. It's ad hoc history with Asher and Luxa, siblings extraordinaire. Hey, just real quick, like if you were emperor, would you choose me as second emperor? Uh. <laughs> 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 Next question. Learning. It's not pretty. It's not nice. And if you want to talk about justification for war and all these things, but when you get to how the sausage is actually made, this is it. 
It's Ad Hoc History. It's not the history podcast you wanted. It's the history podcast you deserve. Sounded great, you guys. If you guys have not listened to Ad Hoc, it's pretty entertaining and very informative. It really oh, is. It's extremely. Really yeah. I'm not a huge history fan, but I, I like the way that they approach it. It's really good. I actually like history, and I should touch history. In the no-no square? In the no-no square. All right. Thank you for understanding me. <laughs> <laughs> So the first few episodes, there's Julius Caesar, and that is literally, Boo. yeah, that's literally the line. Like it's like literally the the guy that I, I would actually have helped murder. So. <laughs> I don't know. He he had luck on his side for a while until it ran out. I was like, not <laughs> enough. I was like, not enough luck. <laughs> but also, Tilly was like, well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions, oh, how the turntables have turned. Itu <laughs> brute. Anyway, also as business, I want to reach out to all of our nurses, doctors, everybody we have that works in the medical profession that listens to our podcast. And I know we've got quite a few nurses because Eli's over there at the hospital, like on like a weekly basis, like (laughs) I promote bro pimping us out to all his nurses. So to all of our nurses, doctors and everybody in the medical field, if you have any stories of haunted hospitals or doctor's offices or morgues or whatever it is, please submit us those stories as soon as possible because we have an episode that we're working up. Um, Hopefully we'll have a special guest on that episode, but um, that's what we're going to be covering is haunted hospitals and different stories. And we'd love to hear your personal stories Um, because as far as I know, everybody that I have talked to that works in a hospital has some kind of a story about something happening. So I would love to hear them. You can email us at umpnormalcy at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram or even join our Discord and send it to us there. You can find all of those at e- or umpnormalcy. Um, if you want to be on the podcast and share your story, We'd love to have you Skype in or we can pre-record it and then just share it on the podcast. However you want to do that, that would be awesome too. So we have some other voices besides the four of us because I'm sure people get tired of listening to our voices, right? Hey, we got pretty voices. I'm beautiful. I am so pretty. Elmo likes to talk. I feel pretty and witty and gay and I'm I'm pretty. pretty. Any fool who doesn't feel this. Oh, I pity the fool. Yo, I don't know. We can sing different words. Yo, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's our business for this week. But yes, get those stories to us. Uh, this is going to release on Thursday the the 10th. Yes. Okay. So this is going to release on Thursday the 10th. If you can have those stories to us by the 20th. So I'll give you 10 days to get it to us or to get with us to record it. Um, We'd love to have your stories because I know that there's a lot of awesome stories out there. I've been reading books and I've been watching shows and I'm ready for some haunted hospitals. <laughs> Me too. Haunted hospitals. Yes. I like haunted places. Anyway, on to this week's episode. We have a cryptid alien enigma. Would that be what you'd classify this one as? I don't know. Uh, this one's odd, but I can't put my finger. I on can't. It. I can't either. I can't quite tell where it fits into the 
paranormal scale, a rating system, um, the genre of paranormal, you'd say? Well, maybe we'll have those answers after we dig into this topic. Dun, dun, and dun. it is the black-eyed children. And it's not because they got punched in the face. So we're talking about like the black-eyed peas when they were kids? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about Fergie's birth and, you know. Fergalicious death. (laughs) Fergalicious death. Fergalicious definition makes the boys go, why is it always me alone? No, the more I've learned about the black-eyed children, the, the more intrigued and creeped out I get. So Dave? Yes. Why don't you start our dig? All right, y'all. How creepy are kids? Very. 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 Let's say suddenly you hear a knock on your door, but you're not expecting anyone. Who is that? No one's no one's Bitch didn't coming. text. <laughs> you Shit, I gotta get the other one out of the house first. <laughs> you slowly and wearily pull the door open and see two children standing there. Is it my birthday? Girl Scout cookies? A feeling of anxiety and dread washes over you. Yeah, I'm out of cash and I want Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) Every time I see kids, oh God, (laughs) stay away. Every part of your body wants to slam the door on these two little kids, but you can't. (laughs) Slam it. They say in unison, Can you let us in? We can't come in unless you invite us. They look up at you with their wide eyes that are pure pitch Black. Black-eyed children or black-eyed kids may date back to the 1950s in countries outside of America. It is unsure when the first sighting happened or when the legend originated. There has been thousands of sightings over the years of these children with blacked-out eyes approaching adults alone in their cars or houses, asking to be let inside. The most famous encounter came from Brian Bethel, a journalist who had an encounter in 1998, which launched the sensation. Some sources say 1996, but for reasons we will uncover, it was more likely 1998. According to Bethel's story, it was around 9.30 p.m. on January 16, 1998. And Brian left his apartment in Abilene, Texas to pay his internet bill at the Dropbox. Next to the internet service provider's building, uh, Bethel is sitting in his car using the light from the Dollar Theater sign to make out the check. Suddenly, there was a knock on his car window. He looks and sees two young boys, 10 to 14 years old, their faces slightly obscured. Boy number one was slightly taller than the companion, wearing a pullover. Hooded shirt with a sort of gray checkered. And also, he's from Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I needed a voice check. Mm. Was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover, hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern with, and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly, medium length brown hair. He excluded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a slight green color. His hair was a sort of pale orange. They didn't appear to be related. 
at least directly. Brian immediately felt a sense of fear wash over him. The first boy said they needed help. They forgot their money at home for the movie and wanted to see Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Fatality. That was hot. (laughs) Sorry. But oddly, they were not wanting to bum a few bucks for the dollar theater. Instead, they wanted to ride to their house to get their money. Bethel is unsure, and the first boy is saying things like, Come on, mister. We just want to go to our house. And we're just two little boys. Bethel doesn't know what to do. He does know that the movie is actually almost over. Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know? He felt like the children were controlling him in some way. Just let us in, and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. Bethel actually found himself reaching up and going to unlock the door. Then as he reached for the handle, he looked back at the kids' faces. And that's when he saw their eyes were solid black. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. No sclera, no iris, no pupil. Just blackness. The second boy stayed silent. We, We don't have a gun. Bethel knew down in his core, they didn't need a gun. Boy one began pulling at the door, demanding to be let in. Bethel began throwing out excuses, trying to get them to go away, and started his car. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Bethel threw the car in reverse and sped home, leaving the boys in the dust. Brian gets home and types out what happened and emailed it to a few friends. Then they emailed some friends. And then the email chain was in full force. Ah, pyramid scam. Remember back in the day when you'd get those, <laughs> you must send this to five people or else the black-eyed children will come to your house. You sent it to everybody, didn't you? Just see I have a question. Yeah. When he started his car, was Nirvana going, We don't have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Kirk Cobain was a liar. Yeah, when somebody <laughs> says, when somebody just says, I don't have a gun. That kind of makes me suspect that they have a gun. (laughs) That probably never crossed his mind until he said, we don't have a gun. Excuse me? What? what, Gun? What? He's like, how do you not have a gun? This is Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You probably have three among you. (laughs) That's like your right to like childhood there when you get a gun at age of five in Texas. So on November 14th of 1998, Brian gets an update on his ghost hunting blog. It's from his online friend, John Norwood. Norman was a pagan rights coordinator for an Oregon organization called Spirit. John starts asking the chat if they really believe in ghosts or kids with funny eyes. He then tells of his encounter with a group of black-eyed kids. And within 23 years, there are now thousands of sightings. Well, if you hit them hard enough, they'll be black-eyed. We don't condone child abuse, Chad. Hey, I was a child who had black eyes quite often, and not from my parents beating me. Mainly because from your sister I was clumsy. You. Well, that too. <laughs> I was. She never hit me in the face. No, I did. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, I'm, I'm have brain damage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine were from falling and hitting my eyes on stuff. You remember that stitches that you had in your wrist? Um, which ones? 
when you fell on the bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, the reason why we didn't take you to the doctor to have those stitches removed. It's because you gave me a black eye. Because you had a black eye and mom was scared that they were going to call DHS because we'd (laughs) been to the hospital so many times getting stitches and broken bones with the two of us that she was like, "Um, Papa, will you remove these? (laughs) So, yep, our grandfather removed his stitches because my mom was too scared to take us to the doctor to have her removed because she just knew they were going to call DHS. (laughs) For those who really don't know, what we really had was a child fight club. (laughs) It was just me and Amy. And there were no regulations or timing. It just And happened. most of the injuries occurred via ourselves. <laughs> uh, in fact, I mean, I, that still proves true today. <laughs> Usually when I am hurt, I've done something stupid Your and toe? tripped over myself. And yeah, I fell on the porch the other day, smacked my knee really hard. Chat, chat. Oh, no, I just tripped over a toy. I broke my knee. Tripping over a toy. And then I broke my leg playing basketball <laughs> with no one else around me. Broke my arm running on a sidewalk. <laughs> now, earlier today, didn't a vacuum cleaner fall on your head? Yes. <laughs> These are, this is my life. We'll we let you all figure out how that one happened. <laughs> I still have quite a knot on my head, actually. Aww. But yes, Chad and I often were black eyed. So these black-eyed children or black-eyed kids are mysterious figures that appear to be anywhere from 6 to 16 years old. Typically, they look like normal kids in normal, sometimes a little outdated clothes or clothes not for their age range. But they almost exclusively give anyone who encounters them an overwhelming sense of dread or terror. That's even before they notice their eyes. Their eyes, which are sometimes not even noticed until well into the encounter, are solid black. On very rare occasions, their skin is said to be a bluish tint like that of a corpse. At times, they are seen playing games and singing nursery songs like Old Man Longlegs or He Jumped Into a Bramble Bush. There was a man in Thessaly, and he was wondrous wise. He jumped into a thorn bush and scratched out both his eyes. And when he saw his eyes were out, he danced with might and main. Then he jumped into another bush and scratched them in again. That's creepy some <laughs> shit. Especially the black-eyed kids. <laughs> I don't remember old man long legs. I'd never heard either of those. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> At least that one. Well, I'm going to say with that description of them, sounds very similar to another person, cryptid, thing, it, alien enigma that we covered, which was the Men in Black. Men in Black, Galaxy Defenders. Oh, oh, oh. They gave people that same feeling of dread as soon as they were in the room. Yeah, they had an odd. They they dressed in an odd way. Yeah, it was kind of described as kind of outdated. Yeah, and they had the weird complexions and pale skin, pale skin, and all mm. of all over pale skin. Could these be baby men in blacks? Kids in black, babies in black, black babies in black, <laughs> babies in <laughs> black, <laughs> babies in black. Yes, we're babies in black in the set. Wait. <laughs> These black-eyed children arrive suddenly at somebody's home or vehicle, knock on it, and insist on being let in. Let us in. 
They have never been encountered during the day. They travel in packs of two or more and always ask for favors. Using the phone, getting a ride, coming inside for something to... Or to use the bathroom. I I have have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Just their presence is unsettling. These encounters usually happen in abandoned or deserted areas. The kids are unusually confident, but avoid eye contact and go as far as looking down to hide their eyes. They speak with an eloquence and have speech patterns like that of an adult. They try to talk their alleged victims into permitting them to enter their vehicle or domicile, sometimes to hide from danger. Now, y'all have a lot of familiarity with, like, homeless people and bums and stuff. Mm-hmm. They act just like this. For stuff. They do. They act like, if you well, keep I your, act if, this yeah. way. I, when if you I'm don't walking, make I'm, eye contact, they won't talk to you. We were discussing earlier, as long as I'm looking down at the sidewalk, I can make it from our shop to the gas station without any interaction. But if my head moves even a degree in the forward, upward direction... I will be asked for cigarettes, money, lighters, dates, all kinds of things in a five-second period. So. (laughs) So, on the occasions they are seen by someone not inside a home or vehicle, these kids immediately stop whatever they are doing and just stare. Then slowly approach, asking for a place to stay or a ride home. People start to go along with their request, even against their own judgments and will. Almost like a form of low-level mind control. And in most encounters, once the victim realizes they're all black eyes, the children become angry and insist you comply with their demands. That's how bums are, too. You know, <laughs> they, get, they get more insistent if you, mm-hmm. the more attention you pay to them. Yep. But unlike with the men in black, there are very few encounters which detail what happens once black-eyed kids are led inside. Because they don't survive. I've changed my mind. They aren't men in black. They're freaking vampires. 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 <laughs> they can't come inside unless given permission. They use like mind me. control. Nope. They're the offspring. They are the love children of the men in black and vampires. Fascinating. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's my story. Vampire would also answer to the pale skin. Yeah. And the soulless eyes. So are we saying men in black are, maybe men in black are vampires? Could be. Maybe they're day walkers. (gasps) I would say men and vampires, but never mind. Maybe they're not like blood sucking vampires. Maybe they're like psychic vampires or energy vampires. Oh, I just think of that show. Uh, uh, oh, what is it called? Things we do in the things dark. We do in the dark. Oh yeah, that that energy vampire is the best. It reminds me of Dwight yeah. in the office. <laughs> <laughs> so Bethel wrote his experience and sent it out on his mailing list, dedicated to those interested in the paranormal. Slowly, the stories leak to the public through email chains and forums. The tales of black-eyed kids have become an internet horror icon. Thousands and thousands of stories, some fiction and some claimed to be genuine, have been wrote. Well, the first time I heard about the um, black-eyed children, it was actually somebody who lived in Abilene. It was our cousin Austin who was on our first few episodes. Um, 
he lived in Abilene, and he was telling me the stories of the Black Eyed Children. And that's how they got put on our episode idea list. That is. Because it was a very intriguing story, and I was like, ooh, I must know more. Experiences generally do not elaborate on the children's eye abnormalities or the origins of the children themselves. Those sometimes thought to be the specters of lost or murdered children and thought to be harbingers of ill will and doom. In stories, legends, and lore, the children can be found around highways, streets, residential homes, and parking lots. These tales reached an all-time high in 2013 when a video submitted to MSN was published on their website for the weekly strange segment. Countless videos have surfaced, as have claims, a few horror films, and even a YouTube series. Before we dig into some of the creepiest stories I could find, I want to share this one, which comes from the website Weekend Weird from an anonymous woman from rural Vermont. One night around 2 a.m., the woman was sleeping when all of a sudden a loud bang woke her up. Looking through her window, she noticed a series of footprints through the snow surrounding her house. She could see someone standing at the door, but feeling unsafe, she woke her husband. It was her husband who actually opened the door, revealing two children on the other side. The two children, a boy and a girl, appeared odd right away. Despite trudging through the snow, they were not wearing any heavy coats. Instead, they wore clothes reminiscent of the Mennonites, despite the fact that no Mennonites lived anywhere near them. The woman stressed in her story that she normally wouldn't hesitate to welcome children in this inn from the snowy night, yet she felt uneasy. She asked them where were their parents, to which they only replied... I'll be here soon. As cryptid as it is foreboding. Eventually, their paternal instincts overcame the, their better judgment and they allowed the children to come in their room. The tone of the home shifted immediately. Pigeon, the couple's typically friendly house cat, became skittish and reluctant for interaction. He even retreated into the kitchen and hissed. The woman attempted to pet him. Hoping to ease some of the tension... The woman made hot cocoa while her husband stayed with the children. Upon returning, the husband mentioned that he was feeling dizzy. It was at this point that she noticed the children's eyes black as coal. The children did not notice the woman's fearful reaction, or perhaps they didn't care. Instead, they simply asked to use the bathroom and walked off as though nothing was strange at all. While the children left the room, the husband's nose began to bleed. She turned to get him tissue when suddenly everything went black. The power was out. But she could still make out the two children standing eerily still at the end of the hallway, just staring at her. Our parents are here. Without another word, the children walked past them and through the front door. The couple watched as the children walked to the end of the driveway, where two men waited by an idling car for them. The minion, the minion, the men were described as six feet tall with black suits, not reacting to any of the couple's attempt to get their attention. The ordeal continued over the following months. Three house cats disappeared from the house and Pigeon tragically died of a hemorrhage. Her husband developed skin cancer, developing at such a rate that professional doctors were left baffled. 
although the doctors do remain hopeful that he will recover. The woman, her, woman herself was not left unscathed. She developed health issues similar to the effects her husband was experiencing, namely nosebleeds and sudden dizzy spells. Men in black. That is very men in blackish. Going to get their kids. It's a very, pro- very progressive couple. <laughs> yeah. I want to say when they said that they saw him at the little hallway, I just started thinking, come play with us. Yeah. Fucking creepy ass kids. So, creepy kids knocking on your door, don't let them in. One thing as a man, I have always learned when a kid comes up to you by themselves, go the other way. <laughs> Stay six feet away from me, please. No, my mother and instinct would probably say, like, oh, come inside. Ah. But I don't know, at two o'clock in the morning, it'd be more like, I'll come on the porch with you while I'm calling the police. That's when you just go, just stand in front of the glass where I can see you and I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Just grab your phone, call 911. One of our carriers was like way out in the country and then there was just like this toddler by the side of the road. So she stopped there and with him and I mean, there ain't many houses for like a mile or more. She's trying to figure out where the kid's from and, and all this and so she winds up like calling the sheriff to come get him and... I don't ever know what happened to him, hmm. but I just hear too many horror stories now about people using kids. As yeah, bait. that was one of the things when we yeah. went to New Orleans. They said, you know, the kid if a kid comes up to you asking for money or anything like that, their parents are probably nearby. Do not go off with the kid. Do not give the kid any money, like because they do yeah, because yeah. because they they prey on our paternal instincts. Maybe that's what these kids are doing. Yeah, it very well could be. Especially in somewhere like Abilene, Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good sized town. And I mean, there's a, the crime rate in Abilene is not it's not the best. Yeah. I could see the Abilene kids are just roaming like thugs. Especially when they throw, we don't have a gun. What the Dressed in their hoodies. Yeah. Looking like, I don't know who wears hoodies and jeans now. Uh, Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's not in the stories here, um, speaking of like you know the kids kind of is bait. There's a story with a black eyed child that I heard from uh, another podcast that I listened to, and it's these two uh, British uh, men, and they're talking about how one of them had an experience, and his friend growing up, his parents owned this house that was actually in the middle of this park that they had bought before it became a city park or something like that. And so on their weekends when they'd hang out, late at night they would just take their dog for walks. And uh, he said they were walking through the park and they heard rumbling in a bush next to him, so they kind of backed away. And a little kid came out probably, I think he said probably 11 or 12 or so, and just stare at them. And they were like, oh, hey, what are you doing out here? You're not supposed to be out here. It's not safe for you out here at night. And the kid just kept kept looking down and just said, "My ball, or my football's in the bushes. Can you get it for me?" And they said this. They were both just terrified, so they wouldn't go anywhere close to it. And he just kept asking. And they ended up walking away, still close enough that they could keep an eye on everything. And they called the police. And the kid walked back in the bushes, and then they heard other rumblings farther back in the bushes. 
So they weren't sure if there was someone else back there or not. But when the police got there, the police went and looked, and there were no footprints or anything in the bushes like someone had been there. Sounds like one of the fair folk. Remember, hey, come over here and check this out. Remember Mirror. when <laughs> we did the haunted road trip in, I don't remember which one it is, but it was Six Flags. Oh, yeah. Okay. The little girl that was in the woods that would lure people yeah. out into the woods to get yeah. lost. Oh, maybe she was a that black was, eyed child. That was in Georgia. Georgia, wasn't that's it? right. That was Georgia, yeah. That was the Atlanta one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do in those situations because I would want to protect the kid. But at the same time, my brain would go, especially if I'm already feeling uneasy about it. I usually trust my instincts. Mm-hmm. I tend to kind of go with my intuition on a lot of things. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't. But calling the police would be like my number one thing, especially if I see like, Well, I don't know. 11 to 14, I'm assuming they're up to no good. In all yeah. honesty, I know what I was doing in 11 <laughs> to 14. I was ding dong ditching and yeah, knocking like, trash cans over. I would have probably <laughs> immediately assume they were up to no good if they were out at two o'clock in the morning. And I probably wouldn't even answer the door. I'd probably just call the cops. You know, like, yeah. nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's strange how much our world's changed because like Brian Bethel, he didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. He would have had to go and find a payphone or go all the way back home. to. Oh, yeah. He was, he was paying call. for his dial up. <laughs> yeah. Y'all remember dial up, right? Like By, <laughs> by check. In yes. a Dropbox. <laughs> you know what's so crazy to me is how much time, how much things have changed from ninety, the, the, yeah, the nineties to now. Anymore. Like the world is completely different than it was back Unless then. Unless they're hot checks. Yeah, <laughs> I write checks still. That's more because I want like a paper trail. Like if I if I want a paper trail of paying something, I yeah. write a check. But yeah. Wow, that sounded really cryptic. Well. If I want to establish a paper trail, you know, for like an alibi, no, I'll definitely write a check. <laughs> like if I'm paying like a medical bill, yeah, usually yeah. I want to check so that because I've had them come back and say, "Oh, you owe all this," and I'm like, "No, I have record. I paid it here. I paid it here. I paid it here. I paid it here." And they're like, "Damn, we usually rely on people not having records." <laughs> so the rest of these stories come from Reddit, or as the French say, Reddit. <laughs> I don't know if you're French and you listen. Do you pronounce it that way? I don't know. I'm not French. So I was asking our listeners. I wasn't asking. Oh. You're not French. Garbage. Oh, I thought you. Okay. I thought you meant because I kind of speak a little French. I was writing, and, and some of these are like really well written, and some of them are like kind of what you'd expect from somebody like writing on Reddit. Who was full? So some of them are a few sentences like, I saw him too, man. And then a lot of them, like ones that were like really long and elaborate that like they were writing like a novella, I uh, kind of avoided those. So these aren't like very long. Maybe we'll read some on a booyall in the future. I was riding the bus back home after work. It was about 1 a.m. I'm a security guard and often work odd hours. So I'm sitting there and this guy gets on, sits across from me. He was wearing a suit, had a briefcase, regular looking guy in his 20s. What struck me about him at first was that he was chewing a cigar, not smoking it. You can't smoke on a bus. So I was just looking at him while he stared out the window and chewed his cigar. And all of a sudden, he turned and looked at me. His eyes were pitch black, 
just as you described. My heart started beating like a mad motherfucker, and I felt my gorge rising. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I think you got the wrong kind of story here. I was starting to panic, and I had no idea why. I was just pants-shittingly terrified of this guy. Then he grinned at me, and his teeth were all covered in tobacco bits and brown juice. The cigar clamped between them. I almost screamed, but instead I have the presence of mind to just get up and take the seat right behind the driver. I calmed down a bit after that, but I kept an eye on the guy. He ended up chatting with some girl that got on, and they were still talking when I got off. I later convinced myself he was just trolling me, having fun with a pair of contacts. Now, I wonder. Now, black contacts were a thing in the 90s. Yeah. But they weren't easy to get. Like, now you can just go buy them. What band was it where the guy would always wear them? A lot of bands in the 90s. Yeah, a lot of bands in the 90s. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm thinking, like, Marilyn Manson always wore, like, the white contacts and... Heck, going to like wrestling, Kane yeah. always had yeah. the white out contacts. Like, this was around the time that the colored contacts were coming out because I always wanted a pair of purple ones. Me, I wanted just wanted a pair of the knockout ones, which are two X's. Yeah. But issue when you have bad eyesight, cool contacts aren't in your prescription. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, I mean, so yes, the colored contacts were a thing then, but it wasn't something that. Just anybody could get. You kind of had to have money in a source. Also, you had to have the hookup, a.k.a. Yeah. the source. Yeah. You got to use the word hookup because it's in the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, kids weren't just going get, to the mall get, and with them. Yeah, buying you, you, them. You, you. Let's go to, to the mall. On March 17, 2008. St. Patty's Day. I had one of my... One and only encounter with a black-eyed kid. Before my experience, I had never heard of anything having to do with the black-eyed kids. I was 12. I was sitting outside of my hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes passed, and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of my parked car. At first, I thought, I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front windshield until he looked at me. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stared. I think to let me get a good look at his eyes, to freak me out. Let me tell you, if you've never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky... The boy whispers, You must let me in. And then I lock the car doors and duck down into the space below the seats. <laughs> Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had c- came into the hairdressers, had insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. She refused. Thank God she did. I like how he was just like kind of dipped out in the seat. He's like, I, I disappeared. <laughs> Go away. He's got my fight Go or flight away. response. <laughs> Amy close just closes her eyes. Close yeah. It ain't there. If I can't see you, you don't exist. And then good on the mother for not just giving some random child her car keys. Yeah. How weird would that be, though? You just have this kid come in. Just, Give me the keys to your car. Bitch, who the fuck you think you is? 
I'll slap them curls straight off your head. <laughs> Don't talk about my girls like that, dog. <laughs> Jeez. This one time at band camp, I mean, this one time, early 2010, I was walking home from work and I found myself escorting a young lady to her car. Mm-hmm. She asked me to escort her. Es- <laughs> <laughs> she asked me to escort her. She, she asked, asked me to be her escort. She asked me to be her escort. No, that's not what it says, <laughs> Chad. Chad, one, Amy, zero. She asked me to escort her, and I, hoping I'd talk, talk her into a drink or two. I had already had a few myself. I'd get a number or possibly get laid that night. I'm not going to lie. She was kind of hot. No shit, though. She looked scared. I kept walking with her and was trying to at least coax out of her what she was so worried about. She would only comment that there about some really creepy looking kids who were following her. Being we were in downtown Seattle area, this could amount to anything. <laughs> I remember when we covered that area. <laughs> so we kept walking and talking. I kept looking behind us to see if the little fuckers were in tow. Nothing popped up out of the ordinary. Then she grabbed my arm really hard and whispered, uh, That's them. They're about a half a block in front of us. They were about a cock blocking. <laughs> <laughs> they were about a half a block in front of us, just standing there and looking at her. So I do the prudent thing to do, which was cross the street. I make sure I lock eyes with the big one. And I keep in mind, once I get the lady to her car, that I'd give them a earful about being a couple of little shits for scaring a lone woman in the metropolitan area. I didn't get scared or anything, but did notice something strange. They didn't break eye contact with me. Mind you, I don't look like the kind of guy you would want to fuck with. Honestly, it's unconscious front sense. I'm a bit shy, but my quote look reminds people of either a skinhead or a club bouncer. The black tanker boots and Van Dyke mixed with the above don't make me look like a people person either. People, I'm not going to lie. You sound hot. <laughs> well, until you started describing the skinhead stuff, I was like, that's like the perfect example of me. I'm intimidating, but I'm actually shy as fuck. <laughs> I'm thinking he's got a really high-pitched girly voice, though. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My Mike Toyton. People break eye contact with me constantly. These two kids didn't. That was a red flag for me. I finally got this woman to her car. She said thanks, and I made sure to tell her where the local police station is at. The Seattle PD West Precinct is only about five blocks from where we were. Sounds like some two kids were just up to no good. Sound like some hoodlums. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much, those kids were just looking, I think we can take him. You think we can take him? I was really hoping he was going to have some interaction, and I would get to hear him like, Hey, guys, can I get you to stop... Uh, Messing with the lady over here. Literally, you sound like the Fifty First Dates character in that movie, uh, the brother so, of the sister. What? Why, why do I sound different? I don't think Sean I sound different than everybody. <laughs> I sound normal to everybody. What's your problem? <laughs> all right. This really freaked me out. Yesterday, I noticed my neighbor hadn't put out all his Halloween decorations, lights, etc. The past two years, I've lived next to him. He's gone all out for Halloween. Don't know him well. He's younger, single, but I know he likes kids. Not in a creepy way. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Just had to add that in there. His brother 
and sister-in-law and their kids are always visiting, and he plays with his three young nieces and nephews out in the yard. So anyway, I got home from work and was walking up my driveway, and I saw him outside, and I said something like, Hey, man, you better get your Halloween stuff up, or that house up the street is going to beat you for best decorations. He kind of smiled sheepishly. Mind your own damn business. I feel like you've been waiting for that. (laughs) And says that he's actually going to keep his house dark this year and just put out candy. I asked if he was going to out of town, but he said no. Something happened last year that really, really scared it. Now that now I was concerned for my own safety, if some weirdos were coming around our neighborhood, which is pretty safe neighborhood with tons of young families living here. So I asked him what happened. He said last year he had his brother's family over so they could trick-or-treat in the neighborhood since they live in an apartment complex that doesn't do much for Halloween. He had a bunch of kids come to the door like always. His family took off around 1030 and there were only a few older trick-or-treaters. But by 1130, they were pretty much done. So he was inside watching TV and the doorbell rings. He grabs the candy bowl and heads over, noticing that it's a little past midnight, and that's pretty rude for trick-or-treaters to still be out, but then notices he hasn't turned off all of his decoration lights yet, so his house is still a beacon. He swings the door open and is about to yell, boo, or something to freak them out, but stops dead when he sees the kids at the door. He said one of he said one was probably around 13 or 14, and the other around 16 or 17, both boys. They weren't dressed up. He remembers the older one was wearing a flannel checkered shirt. He was immediately overcome with uneasiness. Like opening the door was a huge mistake. They just stared at him, and he noticed they had really big irises and dilated pupils. He couldn't even see the whites of their eyes, so he figured they were contact lenses. He was frozen there holding the candy bowl. Like he couldn't slam the door in their face as much as he wanted to, nervously tried to smile at them, hoping they would break character and ask for candy or something. The younger one said they had gotten lost and needed to come in and use the phone. That was when he closed the door more than halfway on them and said, no, sorry. And the older one said something like, can we just wait in your house until our parents come get us. But by then, he was convinced that his life was in danger and the kids must be high on something or intending to rob him. And he just kept mumbling, no, sorry, good night, as he inched the door closed and locked it. He told me he was so fucking scared at that point that they were going to try to break in through one of his windows or something. But he looked through the pee hole. <laughs> Peep hole. Obviously, I'm having trouble reading right now. <laughs> looked through the pee hole. <laughs> um, nope, yeah, they're still look. there. <laughs> but he looked through the peephole, and they had turned to leave. Why'd you emphasize peephole so much? <laughs> You'll find out in editing. He watched TV with the volume really low so he could hear any sound at all. And he said he stayed up till like 5 a.m. because he was too scared to go to bed and drop his guard. The whole time he's telling me 
this, I'm thinking, oh my God, this sounds so familiar, just like the Black Eyed Kids urban legend. Then I thought, hey, maybe this dude is trying to scare me because after all, he does have the Halloween spirit. So I'm looking at him incredulously, but trying not to seem too gullible. So I'm like, man, this is really crazy. Sounds like the Black Eyed Kids. He just looks up at me blankly. The what? Is that a movie or something? And I said no, but told him to go look it up online. Like an hour later, I get a knock on the door and admittedly almost jumped out of my skin thinking it's a demon child. (laughs) It was my neighbor and his eyes were freaking huge. He swears to me up and down that he had never heard of the BEKs, Black Eyed Children, for you guys to know. Before, Bex is what they like to call them. Yo, Bex. He never heard of the Bex before, and it's similar to what happened to him. So we talked a while longer, and I told him that quite a few people probably know about that urban legend, and it's possible it was just teenagers with black contacts trying to freak people out on Halloween, which would be genius, by the way. I'm right now I'm thinking, damn, why didn't I do this? But he said the fear he felt was so primal and came over him the second he opened the door for them. Who was fault? Listen, uh, you come over here and you talk about it in a way that we can't understand it at I wonder all. if he asked his neighbor looking in his pee hole. We've learned you like can't read. The incident took place about 13 years ago. I just moved to a new city with my wife. We were small town newlyweds from the Midwest moved cross-country to one of the biggest cities in the Southwest so I could attend graduate school. Being naive and new to this city living, I habitually answered the door without second thought. Never again after this. Mm-hmm. Was she ugly? You know. Okay. The first thing that should have tipped me off to the situation was the fact that someone was knocking at 6 o'clock in the morning. The second thing that should have dawned on me is this kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch it and open it. The knock at the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work, a pretty normal routine. The moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear. To this day, I can picture him. A teenager, average height, average build, knee-length black leather coat, short black hair, and sunglasses. Ah, so it was someone being blade. The sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as odd, even more odd. He was eating an apple. He was very polite and asked if he could come in and warm up. I said, no. Closed the door, slid, slid the security chain into place. Ain't gonna help you. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now chained door, and before I could speak, he asked me again if he could come in and warm up. No, I reply and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? (laughs) Fuck that, I replied. (laughs) I'll bet a little confused. Get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police. He takes a moment to let let this information sink in. Lowers his glasses, revealing his eyes black as obsidian, and says, No, 
You won't be calling anybody. At that moment, I forced, I forced the door close, locked it, and called out to my wife. She is scared shitless, hiding in the bedroom. All jacked up on adrenaline, I rip the curtains back and look out the window next to the door. He's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out in the patio and check the gate. It's still latched from the inside. That was fucked up. I think to myself as I turn to enter the house, I notice a half-eaten apple lying on the ground. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to start leaving half-empty, half-eaten apples with ketchup Question, on people's doorsteps. Question, how tall was this fence? Because the kid could have jumped the fence. Well, he said it was pretty tall for like, it would have been hard for him to reach over, it, over yeah. to l- unlock it. Now, was it just me or does, can I get some ketchup for my apple kind of sound like a sexual innuendo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. Can I get some ketchup for my apple? He's a vampire and he wanted blood for his apple. Oh. Was he looking through his pee hole? (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to look through I looked through my pee hole and he asked for ketchup for his apple. Why is it always me who sets a word that can't I re will ha? Because of that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just checking. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't know about the black-eyed kids before this happened to me. Last summer, last year, I definitely did. Now in the moment, that idea never crossed my mind. But afterward, hell yes. Hell yeah! And the thought leads to all kinds of regret. I realize it's stupid. But I am getting ahead of myself. Let me tell you about my neighborhood. Let me tell you about my neighborhood. I live in a poor part of town. A bit ghetto. A bit of the barrio. A bit of the lower economic class of a cross-section of races. It's L.A. The apartment complex spans a short block. It's dusty brown like the desert we live in. It's got two pools. Lots of little children. And for the most part, a pretty friendly population. I'm a destitute writer trying to make it in Hollywood. So I spend my free time writing. When this happened, I was working mostly in the mornings and afternoons. I would get home, hit the gym, and then settle in for an evening in front of the computer. It's pretty common for the evenings in the summer to be chaotic around our apartment complex. Kids playing in the pool, the ice cream man pushing his cart up and down the sidewalk, women talking outside the laundry room. Hey, I do my own laundry, but I am pretty much the only guy I see here doing it. You know, nice, low income, but pleasant. Like a mixed race 21st century version of a 50s sitcom. And people will knock on your door, sometimes to borrow something. I cook, so neighbors pop in to find out the origins of the great aromas wafting from my kitchen window. Sometimes for a little help working on a broken down car. But mostly it's kids selling candy bars or Christmas wrapping paper. Or jittery tweakers selling magazine subscriptions. Or old Mexican men selling bootleg DVDs. Lots of Jehovah's Witnesses. Because it's hot out, I leave my windows open. AC isn't cheap, and I've got no money, remember? Hoping for the cross breeze. That means, though I can't see anyone from where I sit and work, I can hear them very clearly as they walk up to my door. When I hear someone knock, I answer it. Besides buying the occasional candy bar, I smile, politely decline, wish them a nice day, and send them off. No big deal. That evening it was quiet, which is strange in and of itself. I should have at least been able to hear the distant sound of ranchero music. I heard a couple of people walk up to my door, 
And I'm not the first apartment in my courtyard, so usually I hear the salespeople as they knock on my neighbor's doors and work their way around me. Not this time. Whoever it was walked right up to my door and knocked. I got up to answer it, reaching for the door handle, when a chill went through my body like I had never experienced. A cold tightness in my chest. I halted my hand movement towards the door and placed it flat on the door as if I was feeling for heat from a fire. I had a peephole on my door, but I never crossed my mind to use it. I stood there with my hand flat on the door and listened. They knocked again. I don't scare easy, but I wasn't exactly afraid, but I was having a visceral experience all over my body. A base fear reaction, just like I could hear them. They had heard me move to the door. They knew I was inside. Yes. Who is it? A boy's voice answered. We need to use your phone. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I started laughing. I stress laugh when I am in pain or under pressure. They heard me laughing. And neither of us moved for about a minute or two. A really long minute or two. Finally, they walked away. Not to any of the other eight doorways within 15 feet. Not to ask anyone else. But they could have gone more than a dozen yards. Curiosity reasserted itself and I yanked the door open, running after them to see who it was and where they were headed. The courtyard of my complex was completely empty. Afterwards, I thought the experience fit the stories about black-eyed kids. And I kicked myself for not opening the door. Coming face to face with black-eyed kids? How would that have been? But then I remember that feeling. My skin crawling and the certain knowledge in me at that moment. There was no way in hell I was opening the door at the time. That one's creepy. Yeah. But it's cool. All right, so those are some pretty interesting stories, and we have more to share, but we're kind of running short on time. Running on time, yeah. And I want to talk about theories. Some popular theories I have seen are the black-eyed kids are vampires, aliens, or of demonic origin. But a fascinating explanation I found comes from the book, Your Haunted Lives, The Black-Eyed Kids, by G. Michael Vassy. According to this legend, the kids may be something called Otkin, spoken of in ancient Iroquois Indian legends. And according to legend, the Iroquois Indians believed in a dark power called the Otkin that could take over children and an evil one who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Otkin and would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all of the people with Otkin. That actually sounds very close. I won't dismiss that one. I'm telling you, there's something to Native American legends. They know shit that we don't know. Because they've been here longer. Mm-hmm. Although I think more feasible is the men in black vampire 
offspring. Uh, but I've also heard it's the, you know, how the gray aliens will crossbreed with humans. You hear the stories oh, yeah. of yeah. that they're the offspring of humans and grays, which a is why their eyes are big black circles or big black ovals <gasps> and they're somewhat humanoid but they have the grayish tint to their skins. It's another story I've heard. Uh, vampires, I've heard the other ghosts like the ghost? You know, the the wronged, the ghosts that feel wronged and they're trying to get their revenge. I've heard demon. Yeah. I don't know, but that Octon? Octon. Octon. Sounds very, very possible, plausible. Yeah. Oh. I still think that the uh, the children have a... Well, I think that the men in black have a lot to do with it and the correlation of um, them being part vampire, part ghost, or part vampire, part alien, if you will. That is a new concept for me because I've never heard of them ever being part of a vampiric creation. Well, just to me with a vampire, it's just that they have to have have to be invited in and then they have the mind control. Those are all staples of the vampire Yeah, that seem to cross most almost every platform of vampire. Um, that's why vampire was in my head. But what was the name of the kid vampire? An interview with a vampire. I don't remember. Like totally her. The uh, played by Kristen Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Um, I don't remember what her name was though. She's like, you will open this door for me and let me in. (laughs) No. I still remember the scene where they come in to check on her and they're wondering where the uh, the help is and. It's underneath her covers with her, and she's dead. <laughs> you naughty girl. But I mean, even in like vampire lore, it's bad to turn children. But in Twilight, they make a human vampire offspring. But it's the first one ever. It is. Well, no, it's not. There's another one. Well, there's another one, but the the way that one was created was intercourse between a non-vampire and a vampire. And that's how it was created with Bella. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, you can't create a vampire with two vampires. No, yeah. It's got to, there's got to be living tissue. Tissue, yeah. Oh, fascinating. But, hmm. Twilight nerds. <laughs> Sparkles! Ah. I, I, I do, however, really do like the uh, the idea of there being something like that. In the world, not because of the whole, because like for the instance of the gentleman gaining cancer and the wife going through all kinds of detrimental shit as well. I don't like the factors of that possibly happening to more people, but the world in general, like we always talk about how there's only a percentage of the sea that's been actually looked at. It's the same situation when you look at the culture and look at the darker end of the world. There's only a per- certain percentage that has, has been found, dated, and um, acknowledged. Yeah. And we're dealing with that on not just a daily period, but like a, a minute period, if you will. Like there's something in the world every minute that pops back up or reoccurs. And some people are 100% scared as shit over it. And some people are be like, oh, 
Black Eyed Children? Yeah, I heard about that 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, it's it's a situation that's always going to be viable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could also be, I mean, we talk about it all the time with egregores. If this story came out in the 90, in 98 and was passed around, you've got to think of all the internet monsters nowadays. I mean, even Chupacabra himself was an internet monster. Yeah, true. So you got Slenderman, you got the rake. I mean, you've got other internet monsters that have taken on a life of their own. Possibly egregores are being created right now with these monsters that stories are just told over and over across the internet. Well, quoting my favorite Christmas movie, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. <gasps> but could the black-eyed children be kind of an egregore that sure. derived from that to where other people started seeing it? And now, one thing that was really popular in the 90s was like all the Feed the Children commercials, you know, about the the homeless children. Yeah. Because, I mean, these definitely fit that bill. Like, we need some food. We need a ride. We need some money. So, like a guilt trip egregore yeah because even y'all were talking about how the dealings you have with homeless people and things like that yeah so that could be yeah i don't know it's an egregore created by all those companies that were scamming people out of their 50 cents a day yeah and they created this egregore to put fear into the lives or a servitor yeah we've even postulated before that the men in black were a form of like a thought form entity yeah yeah and it may not even be something that we're consciously creating it could just be a manifestation of the guilt yeah that just became something i don't know i the thing is is there aren't many instances that you hear about where they are actually let inside and is that because people usually get their wits about them and don't let them in or is it because we don't know what happens to those people yeah <gasps> maybe those stories aren't being oh, shared I think of that it's the stories you don't hear about, which are the scariest. Like, are these people, like, are these the ones that they go and they find the whole family murdered and they can't find, figure out who did it? Who did it? Is I, it... That might be 100% the, the track here, then. Like... It'd be, it'd be the same situation as that the weird, weird cow actually does exist, but no one's ever seen hey, him. Hey, the weird cow does exist. Chad is one. He had spots. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a purr or a mew moo? <laughs> 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 I don't know. That's what happens when a cat becomes a were cat. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of were cows, we got a special episode with a special guest coming Ooh, up soon. I'm excited. But, um, no, I mean, it, what's the case there? I mean, is it something that never actually happens nobody ever lets them inside or are they getting let inside and then we just never hear those stories or is it more like an alien abduction where the memories are wiped away or you know something like that like with the story of them coming into the house and the nosebleeds and the power going out and the medical problems and all that that are of those are common with alien abduction stories well, I was going to yeah. say that, uh, so the movie, and I hate to bring movie terminology, but technically it's trains from an actual situation that did happen in uh, Alaska, the fourth kind. It's the same situation as the ability to, 
go up for probing and then be sent back down with ever with never really actually remembering exactly what the fuck happened and it took uh going under and what i mean by that is uh hypnosis yeah most for, alien abductions have to come out through a hypnosis yeah, yeah and those hypnosis always turn into a bigger fuck stage than anything else and what i mean by fuck stage is not uh uh pull my hair mm. or my pee hole um but uh it, it's more so a certain situation of getting mind fucked to a certain situation where you actually remember every bit and piece of that situation. Oh, yeah. And and if you sit down and you read the tales of like the fey folk and things like that, mm-hmm. it describes alien encounters before we started attributing them to beings from outer space. Yeah. Well, another episode we plan on eventually doing is interterrestrials. Yeah. Um, we haven't done that yet, but basically... What, I mean, what are these interdimensional beings? We're talking aliens, ghosts, men in black, black-eyed children, all those things. Is it extraterrestrial or is it all stuff that actually is here already and we just, certain people get to see them and certain don't? I mean, even Bigfoot sure. can be thrown into that. Or is um, it just kind of etheric energy that we perceive in a certain way yeah. based upon stories we've read or... Things that have frightened us in our past. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, like I said, all in all, I, I feel like um, there's a lot of, and I don't mean to say it in the negative term, but there's a lot of horrors out there. And no one laughed at that, right? Because I said horrors, right? Chad did, but Chad doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. I'm still a child. <laughs> I'm a child. It's okay. uh, there's a lot of horrors out there. And uh, I'm not saying all of them are good and all of them are bad. But what I am saying is that a lot of them, to most people, haven't even been heard of or seen. And this mm-hmm. is a situation where um, to more educate yourself on whether you're looking at articles or whether you're looking at anything else, trying to retain that intelligence of that. And one of the things I would say is even if it was based on a true story and you watched it in a movie and you go back through and you actually look at the facts or the attributed facts on the web, if you will, Make sure that it's a, it's a situation where you're reading actual facts and not just correlated ideas. Yeah. Uh, now, correlated ideas, like what we do here, we kind of give you a, a, a different retrospect of what it possibly could be or what we believe it could be. Now, just because we tell you what we think it could be doesn't mean that this is what you should believe. Yeah, we're full of shit sometimes. Yeah, like literally sure. full of <laughs> shit. But that's one thing I would encourage everybody to do, especially with this situation, too, is actually go back and look at... And, like, there's there's a lot of damn stories. There's a lot of stories. And what we covered uh, today does does explain a lot of information that actually did happen. Yeah. So Well, along with the men in black, these black-eyed children, for me, I want to see them, but I don't want to meet them. You know, like... like I don't want to have like that. I don't want to have like direct contact with them, but if I saw them messing with the neighbor, I'd be intrigued. You know what? <laughs> I can imagine her like standing around her corner with the phone. Look at these motherfuckers over here with the black eyes, just talking to the neighbor. Hey, like, okay, should I? I don't want them to come to my door. Yeah, but Sh- should I yell and say, "I'd sacrifice <laughs> Just just to see the con, just to see one. I mean, I, I feel like that would be the nature, though. You like li- this is the corner of your home. 
with the phone going, look at these motherfuckers over here. With hey, oh, there'd totally be a Facebook Live on that shit. I'd be like, what the hell is going on over here? Well, uh, our neighbors, it's been a fun <laughs> ride. <laughs> Thanks for listening and all your support. <laughs> our neighbors, yeah. uh, these guys over here know we do podcasts, but you know, if it's you guys, it's not you. I don't want to sacrifice you. Or you. Or, yeah, you yeah, know, no. I, I mean, I have a few neighbors in mind that you're okay with. <laughs> I have no personal attachment to. But <laughs> y'all know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I want to see Bigfoot. Yeah. I want to see aliens. Like, I want to have direct contact with these things. I think you want it too bad. Men in black and black eyed kids. I don't want the direct contact. I just want to observe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? You guys understand, right? Yeah. All right. I got you. I got you. Yeah. You want to be like, I saw it. Yeah. Like, not like I saw it and experienced it. When I say alien contact, not grays and not reptilians. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you honey. You get, you, get, you get. I was like, the Nordics would work. Insectoids, possibly. But tall whites, Okay. Yeah, grays and reptilians, they kind of give me the creepy jeebies. I hate to bring out my nerdiology here, but every time I think of an insectoid and what they look like, I immediately think of Pokemon. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I think of, oddly enough, I think of Alice in Wonderland with a giant caterpillar. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? I think it's an interesting story. It's been on our list for a couple of years now. Oh, yeah. uh, we just had never gotten around to it and we were needing an episode. So we're like, hey, let's do this one. But well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one, one, one other thing I was going to say is, and this is the same thing I'm ever always going to say whenever it comes to talk, talking about aliens or, or, or hauntings or um, demons, if you will, anything like that. Um, may, we'll stick with mainly aliens here. Space is huge. It's it's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And like and I hate to use the same terminology I've already used whenever talking about this kind of stuff, but it's, it's the huge. same it's fucking huge. huge. You know, you had little wee little over here, but now it's fucking huge. Uh the one thing I will say though is like like I talked about how you know we had only looked at a certain amount of the ocean. It's the same situation whenever we look at space. And for us to say that aliens don't exist is is a, is not a very I wouldn't say a very intelligent statement, but it's a very vague and state a v- vague statement, like something that only people who wouldn't be open-eyed or at least open-brained or open-thoughted. It's a closed-minded statement. Thank you. It's a closed-minded. I've had surgery since then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a closed-minded statement, um, and I'm not saying you should believe everything that comes at you. I'm not saying that you should. You know, be like, oh, my God, they're real. My boss is an Aryan. Like, I'm not saying that you should be like that. But what I am saying is when when you read something or hear something, whether it be our podcast, another podcast, uh, or article or anything like that, do your own research to to find a mental homestead to where you can understand or even correlate an idea of what it could or may be. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's one thing I will always say. Thank you for coming. And listening to Eli's word fuck ups. Appreciate it. <laughs> pee hole. <laughs> Eli's new podcast, Through the Pee Hole. <laughs> only you can let it come at you. Is it only you can prevent forest fires? Only <laughs> you can prevent piss fires. 
I, I, I don't know. This might not be on topic, but it's just something I was thinking about. That they, they say that the greys are from Zeta Reticuli. Mm-hmm. And Zeta Reticuli is like 39 light years away. That means that if they're looking at us through like a powerful telescope, I'm not even born yet because it takes the light 39 years to get there. Yeah. A damn narwhal. That's I'm not it. born yet either. Yeah. I'm still in the sack. That means we can relive our lives. Isn't time and space a funny thing? Yeah. Well, what, like, it'll be like eight minutes or something like that before we realize our sun has exploded. Yeah, I think so. Something like that? No, he hasn't. <laughs> the sun in the sky. <laughs> we'll have to wait eight minutes. <laughs> that, was, that was freaking perfect, Chad. Well, so she said, I just looked over and staring at him like waiting for someone to say something. <laughs> but no, yeah, space is interesting. And yeah, like Eli said, it's so vast. We We know more about space than we know about our oceans. But at the same time, we think we know more about space than we know about our oceans because we haven't explored a whole lot of space. You can only see things through a telescope most of the time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's that time difference. So sure. when we're seeing a sun in another solar system, we're seeing it 30 years ago or more. You know, like I, I would classify black eyed children after all of this. I'm not going to put them as cryptids. I'm just going to put them as interdimensional beings right now. Not saying they're aliens, but they're aliens. but they're not normal. <laughs> they're <laughs> paranormal. Um, Wait, that's what our podcast is over. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Now. But like with most of our alien or interdimensional species episodes, these episodes do leave me a little bit more on edge than other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now yeah. I'm just scared to stop anywhere on my way home. Well, hell, we walked outside a minute ago, and there's Ranchero <laughs> music right after we read that story, and it was like... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Just thinking about this, because I did the research, doing the research this week. I was on my way home last night from a call, and I'm driving, and I can swear there's someone standing in the middle of the road through the headlights of the oncoming car. And I'm like, why is someone just standing in the middle of the road? And I'm watching the car come. And I still see the person, and then all of a sudden, it's not there, and the car drives past, and I'm like, <gasps> what the hell? Like, I, I could see Did the shadow see of someone it? standing in the road. I was freaked a out. phantom hitchhiker. <laughs> was it, it was on Picker, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. Kind of freaked me out. I was like, uh, That's kind of like my bicyclist. Yeah. Um, like I, could, I could see the legs and the arms, and. It almost looked like, like it wasn't just standing. Like I could see it like almost like he was like just kind of like a drunk person or something, just kind of like wobbling in the road. So I slowed down, and I'm like, I'm a block or so Pickering away. What? Uh, Boyd, just on, on campus. The Phantom uh, between Staggerer. Boyd and or between Boyd and Main Street. Okay, so just on yeah. the north side of campus. Yeah. It could have easily been a homeless man. Well, like, I mean, there was no one there. <laughs> like I see, I see it, and like I'm sitting there seeing him in the headlights of the car and as the car gets closer to where he's at i'm waiting for the car to slow down and the car just keeps going and the person's like there's no one there and I was like, uh i'm just gonna go home hmm spookeats.com gave us some things to ponder Ooh. the stories of the black-eyed children are unnerving 
But it isn't really that terrifying if you stop and think about it. Children dressed in out-of-date clothes with black eyes standing back and staring at you, begging to be led in your car or house. The simplicity of the story makes us think that maybe, just maybe, there is some truth to these claims. Let's just hope you don't find out the hard way and bump into a black-eyed child the next time you're driving home late at night <laughs> alone in the dark. Stop. <laughs> you mean can, in like 20 minutes? No. I can think of two experiences that I've had that could have been black-eyed children that were most likely punk-ass kids. <laughs> One was when I was younger. I think I talked about it on our Halloween murders episode. We had two kids come knock at our oh, door yeah. at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, and we I wouldn't answer that. the door for them, and we ended up calling the cops. But then the cops found them like a block over. But then, and then they have a big hunting knife with they them. They had a knife that they had thrown into the woods as the cops pulled up. Yeah. <gasps> then the second one, I was driving home one night. You were in the car with me. I for was. some reason, we had decided to go down. But Brandywine. Do you so remember that this? That explains the issue you're yeah. having right now. Is it's but there were like five kids walking, all wearing black hoodies, walking across the road. And as we were coming down, they weren't moving to the side. Oh, yeah. And Dave's like, just hit them. He's like, yeah. do not stop this car. And she, you don't want to do that in that area anyway, because, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do. Those are the only two instances that I have that could possibly have been black eyed children. But I'm 99% <laughs> positive they were just punk ass kids. Got 99 reasons. Yeah. And that's that's as close as the black-eyed children that I personally want involvement. <laughs> <laughs> In any kind of black-eyed children. So, I don't know. Black-eyed children, do you believe? I, I, I can't not believe. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, what he said. If I wanted to not believe, then I should have just, you know, I should have voted for Narnia. Dave? What? Black-eyed children. Real or not real? I don't know. You can't not believe? Well, I mean, what is real and what is unreal? I mean, like I said, if they're just psychic manifestations and that's how we're perceiving them, is that real? <laughs> is is just balls of energy real Manif- or not real? Manifestations. I'd like to say that balls of energy are real because we have, we have multiple in our sacks. I mean, some people don't even believe in life force energy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Do we believe that they are malevolent? Uh, I do believe there's malevolence I think in I, there. The overwhelming fear that people feel, I think it's just your intuition. It's kind travel. of that animal instinct that we yeah. have. Where it's the fight or flight instinct that you're yeah. getting. And if your body is picking that up off of the energy they're giving out, then yes. What if they're really just kids who need to use a phone? Well, they can go find somebody else. Since cell phone comes around... There's not as many stories. Hey, let me get you my Obama phone real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. You can call off a discipline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that is a correlation. BEC phone home. <laughs> but yeah, I know if a kid showed up at my... Uh, I think for me, they would have to be younger children. Like under 10. I, was gonna ask I don't know. You, I would still feel even are. freakier about that. Well, for me, I think it would be more of the instinct to like help them would kick in a little stronger than with 12 to 14 year olds. Yeah. You know, at 12 to 14, 
I was pretty self-sufficient. I know we also live a block away from a gas station, so if they need a freaking phone, there's a phone right there. Yeah. But I have to say, when my house I'm moving to, if they need a phone, I'm just going to be like, back there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they have to be younger. Hell, I still get creeped out by groups of 15-year-old, or 12 to 15-year-olds walking down the street at Thanksgiving, at Halloween. <laughs> Especially at Thanksgiving. <laughs> they're coming to get my turkey! <laughs> Because the only thing they're doing at that point is walking around getting stoned. <laughs> no, but at Halloween, and then when there's... what happens when you get stoned? You get the munchies, and I'm sure my, my and then uh, you get Cheetos. At Halloween, it's every group of a group yeah. of teenagers tends to make me uneasy. I usually make Dave answer the door for them on Halloween. Oh yeah, make me the victim. Uh-huh. <laughs> then they usually sit there and talk about his beard and how awesome his beard is and how they can't wait till they can grow beards like that. And then Dave feels really good about Literally, it. Literally, you've had this conversation like two or three times <laughs> with teenage boys who come to the door at Halloween. That's when you just look at him and just go, it's not all it's cracked up to be. But yeah, I can't yeah. hide my crack pipe. Now he fucks with me. He's like, yeah, I've only been growing this for about a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's when he's like, beard? Shit, I just shaved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Then he yells at you, honey, we're going to have to do this before December 22nd. You're like, Beard, what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) It worked! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we've covered the black-eyed children and our theories. Share, if you've got a theory, share it with us. Please. Also, remember all you medical professionals out there, I want your haunted stories. I want to be scared to go to the hospital. I already am. am. (laughs) Never mind. I fucking hate it. But Uh, I love the people who work there. um, But no, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear good spooky stories. I've already got a few personal stories, and we hope to have actually a nurse who works here at the Norman Hospital um, coming in to talk and tell some stories of the different hospitals she's worked at. So hopefully we can get her onto the episode when when we cover the haunted hospitals. But I want our listeners' personal stories, too. I want to hear what you got to say. So, like I said, we submit those stories to our email, umpnormalcy at gmail.com. Our Facebook, Instagram, or Discord all can be found at umpnormalcy. Um, also, don't forget to check out our brother and sister podcast of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, Ad Hoc History, Lux Occult, Smuts Up, Faith Blind Council, and Administrism. And as always, don't forget to check out our brothers over at Grognostics. I love them. <coughs> they have been giving our mushroom stamp of approval. Yes, they have. Um, right there in the middle of Steve's forehead, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I, got a, I got another podcast that has the mushroom stamp of approval. Occult Confessions. Yes, they are awesome. Dr. Thompson is very informative. Also, don't forget your paranormal. Paramor- <laughs> Don't forget your Paramore. Don't forget your Paranormal t-shirt with Parabox Monthly. Follow the link in our description or on our website. Use promo code Paranormalcy at checkout to get 10% off and get a monthly t-shirt with some awesome paranormal theme and some hidden message in it sent to your door every month. It's it's 20 bucks. I'm down for a t-shirt every month for 20 bucks. 
Hell, you can't find t-shirts for under 20 bucks yeah. anymore. It's actually a really good deal. Uh, <laughs> and they're really, and nice, they're really nice shirts. This one I'm wearing now is... Uh, the Washington, D.C. UFO incident. It's got a really cool alien on it. I have I've not heard, heard of this, this one. I'm one inter- I want to get episode idea. Episode idea in the shirt. But it's really cool. It's got an alien with the, the White House, the Capitol building, and then there's oh, a bunch of runes and stuff around it. Do they maybe the mean building. the 1952? I'm um, assuming since there's a 52 on incident? there. But what about Area 52? Oh. oh. I don't know. I'm interested to learn more about this one. I got the little card with it. I haven't read the card. I got to read the card that has like the that comes. Every shirt comes with a history stamped on the little postcard, <gasps> and that tells a little story about the sh- the shirt. I like history. I'll, I'll start collecting <laughs> and the cards. History. Histories. But yes, check out your paranormal Puzzles. monthly T-shirts. I love them. I have my huge collection. As I said, they'll probably be made into a quilt or something soon because I am starting to get holes in them. And I'm very particular about wearing shirts with holes. So, <laughs> you could make a tapestry for our background in some live shows we're Ooh. planning on Ooh. starting to do. Yes, we are for our Patreon. Don't forget our Patreon too. Um, we are going to start getting more active on our Patreon now that we have Patreon members. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, I love you. We've been talking about doing some Estes methods. Mm. I'm putting it on there. Um, some little ghost communications using the um, so doing it with the ghost box and the noise gator and amplifying it out to see if we can get anything there. Uh, we have been having a lot of activity around the house and the solstice is coming up and well, equinoxes have better paranormal activity at our house, but the solstices still work. So we might do that around the 21st of June. <laughs> because that is when, well actually leading up to it, it's Really big. That's when but. the stars will start to converge. Yes. And there's a solar eclipse. Yeah. Oh, actually, today, as we release this, I hope you were safe. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we're going to be starting doing some stuff like that. So make sure you join our Patreon. Um, and I think that's going to do it. So until next time. Keep digging through the pee hole. Send me your ghost stories at the hospitals. Unearthing Paranormalcy is a part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions like the one you just listened to, visit our catalog at tgmpodcastnetwork.com.